On today's player pool, we got a fast lane type of a show purely because my schedule is not allowing me to sit down and do the full show. Basically squeezing in the recording of this pod in between appointments. Uh, personal life, professional life is just getting a little nuts at this time of the year. So we're going to dive in. We got a Sunday slate to talk about, but we also have a three-game Saturday slate to talk about. I'm going to dive right in as soon as the show begins and attack both slates immediately. Try to provide as much detail as I go. Let's go. It's the Player Pool Podcast with your host, Austin Raboy. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Player Pool Podcast. I am happy you are here. We are approaching a weird weekend where we have a three-game Saturday NFL slate followed by a Sunday slate. And after Thanksgiving, I know there's a lot of enthusiasm out there to maybe look at the sun, uh, Saturday, I'm sorry, Saturday slate and see what you can do. And I think it's a free rep or free practice on, again, playing these three-game slates. Now, must warn you, of these three games, I believe we have four of the six starting quarterbacks are backups. This is the year of volatility. We have lost many a good man, many a good quarterback to injury this year. So it what this does when these backups take these roles over is it creates a mountain of uncertainty within each team. So for Saturday, and before I get into Saturday and Sunday, I need to go ahead and preface my schedule is incredibly busy over the next 72 hours. So I'm going to jump right into the previews for both Saturday and Sunday Try to give you as much, you know, little tips, advice as I can. And there is a way, we, you know, we have situations here. There is a way to kind of take a stance on these games on Saturday in particular. So let's just get right into it. I'm going to lead with the game that has their original starting quarterback starting and looks to be, to me, the most exciting matchup on Saturday, which is Denver Broncos at Detroit Lions. Projected total set at 47.5, which is the highest on the Saturday slate. Now, I don't recommend playing Saturday and Sunday slate combined. I would just play day by day here, Saturday and Sunday. But this is the game where you can find the most reliable players. And that's saying something, right? We have Denver Broncos over there. Russell Wilson some weeks looks great. Looks like a hero. Other weeks, uh, not so much. But you should, by now, by watching these teams, be able to expect or at least know what's coming uh, from these teams. Their, their skill position players in particular uh, especially on the Lions side. So I do expect a lot of Jameer Gibbs, a lot of Dave Montgomery, and Amon Ross St. Brown, who has not played at a 2X pace uh, lately, but he is going up against the Denver Broncos. Now the question is going to come down to, where is Patrick Sertan in this mix on the Broncos? So if you, it's, I'm going to leave it up to you guys. I don't have time to get the research done, but is Patrick Sertan going to cover Amon Ross St. Brown, or is he going to be more focused on the Lions' X receivers who are out wide? you got to find that out. If the answer is Sertan's on Amon Ross St. Brown, I think that's a negative matchup for Amon Ross St. Brown. On the other side, the Detroit Lions defense is looking a lot more like the defense that was a fantasy uh, playground last year. So I would actually feel very comfortable rolling Cortland Sutton, who was on fire. We play Cortland Sutton because the guy scores touchdowns. I think he's on a four, maybe even five game. Am I right? Touchdown streak. Oh, it's longer. One, two, three, four, five, bye week, six, seven. No, not a bye week. I'm sorry. So seven out of the last eight games, touchdown. In a limited slate, you do have to kind of rely on that to, to a little bit. And I do think two usable Broncos could be found uh, going against an easier than people are perceiving matchup against Detroit. Keep in mind, Detroit favored 
So the game script's going to be a little bit more faster paced. Again, makes Cortland Sutton to me awesome. I really like Cortland Sutton against the Lions this week. All right, going over the Steelers-Colts game. Starting with the Steelers, Mitch Trubisky at the helm. I think that disqualifies all the pass catchers on the Steelers, except for Pat Fryermuth. And then we still have this 50-50 back split with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. But the Colts' run defense, they're no slouches. Average in the league against the run. I don't necessarily see a highlight there. I honestly think you can find better running back options in the other games and the other teams are on the other side of the ball in this game and let other people fail trying to pick between Najee and Jalen correctly because there may not be a right answer between those two. On the Colts side, love Zach Moss for the third week in a row. Great example of a great process play, bad result. The most unlucky running back the last two weeks. Go back to the well and fail with Zach Moss this week. I think he's a great option. Steelers giving up. Tons of yards this year. Haven't been binked for a lot of points, but it's just a matter of time. The Colts at home, favored by two points. It's a Saturday game, so routines are screwed up. You may get a little bit more home field advantage uh, than you would initially think. I think when teams are knocked off their routine, uh, you sometimes can see kind of a dip in energy. So I would maybe hope for that a little bit in all these games. Uh, But if you need a little thumb on the scale to sell you Zach Moss, I'm just trying to sell you Zach Moss. It's a good play. Roll with him. You'll be happy. Uh, below that, Pittman, Downs, you play them where they fit. Pittman, to me, is always a little overpriced, but I've been eating my words the last three weeks. So I, if you play him, I don't think you're crazy. I, I don't think there's anyone on the Steelers' defense that's going to absolutely shut Pittman down. But Josh Downs continues to be a value gift at wide receiver. So really consider him. And then on the final game, which this thing looks like an absolute train wreck, it could be Jake Browning's chance to score a big contract, but good God, we got two backup quarterbacks, a bunch of backups, uh, and, and Justin Jefferson lurking, saying he's going to possibly play. I think that would be a mistake for him. Personally, I, I don't know why he has an urge right now to get onto the field. Vikings aren't making the playoffs. It, it's just over for the Vikings, but he's in the mix. So I understand if you feel like you need to go to him. Now, Nick Mullins was the captain of the 49ers there for a minute, and he had a few splash plays. So it is in the realm of possibility, and all these small slates, you got to take risks. And I don't think you're dumb to have one of your maybe three or four lineups you're running have a Justin Jefferson in there. Uh, Nick Mullins is capable of a 260-yard game, two-touchdown game, and with half of those results going to Justin Jefferson. So it's in the realm. If Justin Jefferson plays, you absolutely got to highlight him as a slate breaker and find your way to him at least once. Otherwise, I can't read these running backs on the Vikings. I don't know who's getting the ball. Another place where I think let other people fail and figure it out. And then on the Bengals side, it's still like it's still in the realm of possibility that Jake Browning throws the ball at Jamar Chase 12 times. Now, I say at Jamar Chase because these the efficiency of targets like we've seen in a few other spots across the year, Devontae Adams comes to mind. It's just unpredictable. So, Keep that in mind, but Jamar Chase, too, you can't ignore the player. He's coming in at a discount this week because of the backup quarterback situation. Find your way to Jamar Chase as well. This is actually one of the few games I think you can find a mini game stack, even a three-part mini game stack, and, and correlate it, or I'm sorry, stack it with you know a Jared Goff line uh, or you know even a Gardner Minshew line. But, man, the quarterbacks are going to be rough this week. You're going to have to be very stack-dependent and hope at the quarterback you play and stack with is the right one and the right combination. Whoever stacks the right quarterback this week, and it's going to require a double stack, none of these quarterbacks are running quarterbacks. You're going to have to double stack your quarterback this week. But if you choose correctly, that's all it's going to take to win. 
So I would I would be very liberal with maybe a Browning stack, a Mullen stack. I can see Minshew. The only guys that don't get me super excited are Russell Wilson, not because of his ability, but just because it's so hard to predict where the production's going to go. So Russell Wilson gives me a little pause, and so does Trubisky. I just don't believe in his efficiency. I think they're in for a nightmare, and the fact that they're projected for 20 points I think is a little generous. But the rest of the quarterbacks look pretty good. Okay, moving really quick to Sunday, and again, I apologize. Just trying to get this out to you guys with my tight schedule in the, last, in the next couple of days. But starting on Sunday, we got Atlanta Falcons at Carolina Panthers. Projected total only 34 points. Once again, it's Thursday night. We're projecting storms. This has been the last three weeks. You got to see the radar and the weather in the morning before you do that. I think it's safe to disregard, unless it's a hurricane that everyone can see is coming. You can disregard these storms until about Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then you got to adjust a little bit. Keeping that in mind, you got to play Bijan Robinson. This is probably Bijan's best chance for a stunner of a game this year. A banner game is available for Bijan Robinson, and the Atlanta Falcons are full steam ahead. Remember that. They are fighting to be the worst team in the playoffs by winning their division you know, against the Bucks, right? I think there's three teams in that division now that are six and seven. So they are full steam ahead uh, with this. Now, Ritter last week could have made you believe he was worth using. Don't fall for it. Remember, the Atlanta Falcons are the biggest trap in fantasy football. So handle with care. I think you kind of cover your bases with this team just by playing B. John Robinson. If you think Kyle Pitts' price makes sense, I don't blame you either for going to him. I haven't played Kyle Pitts in three years, and I'm going to stick with that trend. On the Panthers' side, I it's just sad. I feel bad for Bryce Young. I feel bad for Panthers fans. Uh, Tommy Trimble is such a good athlete, but then doesn't get mixed in at all. It, it's just pretty sad. So I don't really see anybody to use on the Panthers. I think Atlanta's defense is a great option this week. Next game, Chicago Bears at Cleveland Browns. You got to live with Justin Fields. Now, if this is a, a high quarterback week for you, where you see that there's a lot of usable quarterbacks, of which I'll tell you, I don't see that. I see maybe three or four that you absolutely have to play this week. But if you're feeling uh, like you need a seventh quarterback this week, maybe Justin Fields. But I am just, I'm giving all the respect to the Cleveland Browns. I think their edge rushers are athletic enough. Think about it. They have to get away from Miles Garrett on the edge. So I think containing Justin Fields is going to be a little easier for the Browns this week than, than I think other teams experience. And and for that, I'm I'm a little bit more timid with Fields. He'll probably still find his way into one lineup, mixing him up with DJ Moore because they have such an electric connection. But I won't be as heavy on Justin Fields as I've been in previous weeks, given the matchup. Now on the other side, it's a fun story with Joe Flacco, and it's a fun it's fun to watch football. But really, the only person on the other side here is David and Joku at tight end, just a great athlete with a pro quarterback who could be productive. Next game, New York Giants at. New Orleans Saints, 39.5 point projected total. Man, we got low projected point totals all year. Usually the average projected point total to me is like 44 points. We've been under so many 40-point game projections this whole year. And again, that just speaks to just the dysfunction in all these offenses with all these injuries to star players this year. But I, I wouldn't blame you if you're attracted to Saquon Barkley. With increased quarterback play from Tommy DeVito, Saquon Barkley's is usable against the New Orleans Saints, who have actually been giving up running back points in bunches the last month. So something to consider. Also, keep your eye on Darren Waller. 
if he st- he started practice earlier this week, came off IR or has to come off by Saturday, I think. And if he's playing in this game, the Giants want their money's worth out of Waller. And if he's ready to go, they're going to put him in there. So keep your eye on him as a cheap tight end option. On the other side, too, though, this is a Giants team that you don't know if they're showing up for this game or not. So Alvin Kamara, still considerable. Chris Olave, still somebody you have to consider. But I would not be too heavy on any Saints players because you never know when Derek Carr is going to Derek Carr or Taysom Hill is going to Taysom Hill. So make sure you aren't too heavy, uh, you know, overweight. I've definitely cost myself a lot in the last month by leaning on Alvin Kamara in multiple lineups or sacrificing better players in better positions for a Chris Olave exposure. So handle with care when you're playing the Saints. Next game, Tampa Bay Bucks at Green Bay Packers. To me, a sneaky game to erupt on this slate. I love Jordan Love in this matchup. I'm ignoring their running backs. Aaron Jones right now projected to possibly play. Is that a questionable tag? It's questionable as of right now. I don't like what I've seen from Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon this year. I'm going to stay away from them. But if you're playing Jordan Love, he's got a lot of – the best thing about Jordan Love, other than the fact that he runs enough, is that his friends, the guys he's going to throw to, are very cheap. So Jaden Reed, special talent. Daytavion Wicks, actually, could be the value wide receiver of the week. I like him a lot as well. Even Tucker Craft. If Luke Musgrave can't go again, Tucker Craft, basically a clone of Musgrave, very athletic tight end. I like any of those guys. So it's easy to stack some cheap options with Jordan Love. And on the other side, Mike Evans in his contract year cannot be ignored. Let us all down last week. Let me down massively. And in my best lineup, he, he gave me like less than two points. But I'm over it. And I'm coming back to Mike Evans. If you know the Green Bay Packers history, you know that big, tall, fast wide receivers are their kryptonite. I'll be all over Mike Evans this week. And then again, if you're in this big stack in this game and you believe this game could be the highest point total on the slate, you got cheap options on the Bucks too. Kate Otten will be a bargain bin option. Rashad White's price is lower uh, than it should be given his recent production. So all those parts are usable. Find one that works for you. Next game, New York Jets at Miami Dolphins. Look out, Jets fans. Your quarterback is the AFC Player of the Week. Uh, Zach Wilson had himself a good game last game. I don't see that happening against Miami Dolphins. Can the flash in the pot flash twice? Probably not. Hard to predict here other than the most reliable thing on this slate will be a Tua stack. I think you need a Tua stack. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. it's easy. And just because it's easy doesn't mean you should do it. Sometimes... Things in life are just easy. Let it be easy. Don't overthink it. I like the Tua stack, Tyreek Kill, Jalen Waddle a lot this week. Is there something to run back from the Jets if you're thinking about it? I, I don't think so. No, no, I mean, not really. Tyler Conklin, if that's a bargain bin tight end that makes you feel better, sure. But other than that, I think the Tua stack can fit with other pieces in the, in the slate a lot better than having the Jets run back on them. Next game, Houston Texans at Tennessee Titans. Oh boy, you got to be a historian of the league the last four to five years to really read this game well. Although, leaning or liking the history of this matchup at this time of the year could bite you depending on your thoughts on Derrick Henry and his quote-unquote age. Now, you all know where I stand on Derrick Henry. He's currently the running, the seventh highest scoring running back in fantasy football right now. So, they still are digging his grave, but when he has positive game script, he's doing well. Houston Texans are going to be without C.J. Stroud, it's looking like. They're down a lot of their receivers. Nico Collins is questionable, 50-50. I 
It could just be Noah Brown at wide receiver one for the Texans. I think the Titans are catching hot right when it matters. They remember this. They have Mike Vrabel as their head coach. Mike Vrabel of the Patriots and the Belichick system and what the Belichick teams do well and what Vrabel's teams do well is win in December. So I think Houston's had an admirable year. Injuries are hitting them late in the year. And the Titans, with their veterans, are going to assert their will in this game. This is a great spot for Derrick Henry. Ride that battering ram all the way to the top of the leagues this year. I, I, Derrick Henry's at one of the top running backs for me uh, this week, assuming the positive game script, assuming no C.J. Stroud. If C.J. Stroud plays, then it gets dicey, and Derrick Henry's kind of more at that high-end stud level rather than, to me, this, this week, a, a slate breaker. So... I love Derrick Henry a lot this week, if you can't tell. Moving on to the next game, Kansas City Chiefs at New England Patriots. I don't know what this New England Patriots team is. It's like a like this mummy that just keeps coming out of the coffin and keeps getting put back in. Just thing keeps coming. You don't know if they're going to compete week to week. You don't know if they're just going to get rolled. Now, Kansas City Chiefs, you don't know which wide receiver is going to screw them, <laughs> screw them in the next game. Uh, these guys, I swear, they just all get together in their wide receiver room and go, how are we going to fuck the Chiefs today? But uh, here's Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't look like he'll have his running back, Pacheco, playing in this game. So it'll be a lot of what we saw last time. I think Jarek McKinnon, he's the better, and sources say, he is the better pass-blocking running back between him and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's why I lean Jarek McKinnon. I think of Mahomes, McKinnon, and Kelsey Stack, if you're feeling crazy, works well. Another thing, I just think maybe Jarek McKinnon by himself kind of covers some of this Chiefs uh, exposure. Although it just at this point in the year, are the Chiefs really going to keep laying you know low scoring games at least to their standards? I would lean towards not. The problem is and has always been the same since Tyreek Hill left. You just have zero idea which of the six wide receivers that are active in this game Patrick Mahomes may go to. So. If I'm feeling the Chiefs, it's Patrick Mahomes, Jerick McKinnon, Travis Kelsey, and nothing else. And I don't think you play Mahomes without that double stack. So that's that's just me. You're all in on the Chiefs. If you play Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, that means you're playing two of his guys to make it all make sense. Patriots, I don't see anything worth playing. The Chiefs are a great defensive option this week. All right, a couple more games here. And again, I apologize about the quick pace. I just absolutely blitzed. So San Francisco 49ers at Arizona Cardinals. Pretty simple. One of the best running back matchups of this season has been against the Arizona Cardinals defense. And now you have the best running back in football. And I would say after Tyree Kill, the MVP, Christian McCaffrey, go to head into Arizona, put up big numbers. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, hard for me to read. Others are playing them a lot better than I am. Other people are playing Brock Purdy and stacking him with his friends a lot better than me. I just don't trust it. I don't trust low targets, low opportunity, big booms, and that's what Debo Samuel is. So you won't see me uh, playing him, but he'll be high-owned. He will score high if he's still in the system, if they're just going to keep rolling. It doesn't have to be 28 McCaffrey touches, as Kyle Shanahan knows, for them to win, although I think that's what they would rather do. On the Arizona Cardinals, it's tempting to play Kyler Murray naked, but so far what I've seen is that it could be a struggle just to get to 20 points. 49ers defense, arguably probably the second best in the league after Cleveland's. 
I'm probably staying away from all of this this week. If Trey McBride's price makes sense to you, I don't blame you for going to him. He's probably my favorite Cardinal if I had to pick one on the slate this week. A couple more here. Washington Commanders at Los Angeles Rams. I'll tell you this. The Commanders' pass defense is so bad that if you played a big Matthew Stafford stack, I wouldn't call you crazy. But I would call you crazy if you chose any of these Commander players to, to run back on him. Uh, these Commander guys, uh, Sam Howell's going to pass for three, four, five thousand 5,000 yards. I mean, he's going to be up there in pass yards, league leader in pass yards this year. And this was pointed out to me, not a single one of these pass catchers are usable fantasy options. It's just mind-blowing. So I love Stafford. Pick your poison. Kyron Williams, I mean, he's a damn near lock this week as well. I view Kyron Williams kind of like a poor man's Christian McCaffrey, and that's a pretty rich poor man. So I like Kyron Williams a lot. But Matthew Stafford, you could stack him with Cooper Cup, who looked great last week. Puka Nakua looks like he's going to be a 15-year NFL vet. He looks amazing. Take your poison. I, I, if you're feeling crazy, Matthew Stafford, one of those or two of those three, you probably can't go wrong. All right, and the last game on the Sunday slate. They keep sliding in these like playoff-esque matchups in these afternoon games. But we got Dallas Cowboys going to the Buffalo Bills. Now the Cowboys are actually going to play a tough football team for the first time in about two months. Uh, it's sad that the betting line's not a little bit more favorable in bu- Buffalo's direction or i would say hey i like buffalo a lot just on a a pure money line bet but uh let's see here the highest point total on the slate 50 and a half it's at buffalo keep your eye on the weather leading into this game but you gotta attack this game a lot in a lot of different ways one thing i would say is we mentioned a couple stacks already the stafford stack the Tua stack but they didn't have any good run back candidates to me, this game is where you're going to pull individual great players and put them in those stacks. So CeeDee Lamb, Stephon Diggs, even though I know he's on a skid, he's still very usable, still a top 10 wide receiver in this league. Uh, you're going to pick these guys. Tony Pollard, same thing. Maybe a little James Cook. I think it's easier to get to these guys individually rather than trying to do a game stack. But if you had to do a game stack and you're only doing one, Josh Allen to me is, Easily the better option over Dak Prescott purely because of that rushing upside provides you a safe floor. But then it's getting a little bit more harder to determine where Josh Allen's going to throw the ball. Gabriel Davis, for the last two years, always a reliable wide receiver too. Reliable to get at least six targets and have a safe floor. That is no longer the case. Khalil Shakir, wide receiver three form, is slowly climbing up. Trent Sherfield also capable. And then let's not forget rookie Dalton Kincaid. They love, they're feeding him the rock. Dawson Knox there is back too. So there's a lot of weapons in Josh Allen's arsenal. So if you're stacking him, I would keep it pretty tight and just do a Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, maybe a James Cook. And then it makes it it makes it tough to run it back, but I guess you'd have to do CeeDee Lamb on the Cowboys stack. But for that, for those complications and for those reasons, that's why I'd much rather take these star players, fit them in other stacks, maybe just run a, a cheeky Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and then fill that little stack, that little base stack with a ton of mini game stacks. Make it all make sense. So, well, hey, guys, I appreciate y'all listening to this, knowing it's a little quicker. It's definitely a shorter show, especially for the week 15 preview. We hope to have a lot more time next week to really delve into it. Been great all season. The support, all the all the messages, everything from y'all, it's been amazing. This is definitely kind of our baby year. We're trying to figure out how this show works, what works, what doesn't, what you guys want to hear, what we need to focus on, and also just – 
a year where we had to experience high volatility. But get out there, get lineup building. Make sure you shoot me a message if you need any help at Player Pool Pod. Easily found on Twitter. Again, appreciate you all. Good luck this week. We'll see you Tuesday. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Player Pool Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Player Pool Pod.